Jason Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Back to local programming for the next couple of hours. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for spending some of your morning uh, here with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, uh, for maybe the final time, uh, we will talk, at least this year, to our friend Stephen M. Simple from the Lincoln Journal-Star. Uh, they've got a game. They will head to Rutgers. Nebraska will. Abba will pick his brain on the Big Ten West and the Big Ten overall. Get his take on who the best quarterback is in the Big Ten West, something we ran out of time and had it on our list to get to yesterday. I'm not sure there is a right answer, but we'll uh, have simple pine on that, amongst other things, at 1025. What else have we got this morning? Um, after SIP comes our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll get into the college football playoff with Bill. Sporting News was sold, Trent. By the way, good morning. Good morning. Um, Sporting News was sold. I mean, it's been around for over 100 years. And DAZN, is that how you say it? D-A-Z-N, or is where I'm from, D-A-Z-N, um, which I don't understand that. But anyways, um, purchased. I wonder what's going to come of Sporting News. Well, the company that bought them is, I believe, a Japanese company, and they are very heavily involved in the wagering community, sports uh-huh. wagering uh, community. So because of that, is a portal into it? Is it something that will augment what they're already doing? Part place to park advertising and, and not touch it, hopefully? You you would hope that would be the case, at least certainly from our aspect. I love the, the writers that they yeah, have over there. Too. They do a really good job. So that would be the hope, and can he go that direction, continue what it is, and the brand that goes along with it, maybe, just maybe, this also could be where they go back to the roots, and wow. a magazine of some form well, would come newspaper back. when I first started Right, writing. yes. <laughs> and then it became the magazine for him, and then it is what it is, like everything is today, it's online. Well, we'll talk to Bill Bender about that. I hope you're right. I hope there is a pathway forward for all those writers, and it's simply... Um, you know, when you're when you when it's Vinny Iyer when he's doing an NFL story, make sure the spread is mentioned. Right, and Vinny's good at that. And so is Bill when it comes to college football. Well, we'll talk to Mr. Bender at ten forty-five ish. Cappy's here. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy every Wednesday at eleven oh five in the morning. Uh, there's some Cubs news, potential Cub news reports out there that, believe it or not, after. You know, the story was that they are not going to chase any free agents at all. Jackie Bradley Jr. is on their radar. So I don't know if there's any truth to that, but we'll pick Cap's brain on that. Obviously, a lot of Bears conversation with Cappy at 11.05. Jackie Bradley Jr., does that get you excited? He's good defensively. <laughs> but they had it. Albert Almaro well, was good I mean, defensively. Almaro can't, can't, he can't hit, hit right. right. At all. But the story with, with Bradley is is defense, I think. Anyways, but it doesn't get me excited. I no. think Ian Happ's a good center fielder. Um, we'll talk to Cap about that, amongst other things. And then John Bowen Camp uh, on Iowa. Kirk Ferentz met the media yesterday. Some of the players met the media yesterday. Uh, as we were about to sign off yesterday, the news started to percolate that perhaps Michigan-Iowa is not going to happen. By the time I got to Ankeny, it was official. The game had indeed been canceled. Uh, my takeaway from that, well, from from yesterday, at least from an Iowa perspective, was you know, let's celebrate the good. Yeah. 
you know, let's celebrate the fact that we, and there were only a few, uh, that were able to get through a season unscathed by a COVID cancellation until this point. Um, and there was, well, Georgia's not playing. Colorado's got it on a, a bye week because they, but Colorado got screwed, by the way, by the Pac-12. I know they don't. You think so, huh? Well, I just, they don't get to play. They don't get to play anybody. Yeah. They got a game taken away from them. They had an opponent. Now they don't. That's screwed, in my book. <laughs> it's it's twenty twenty. I get it, but but still, Wait, what's more important? I mean, it's not, to the Pac twelve nothing because they're not getting in. Well, but your championship game, there's still inventory there. Sure, and it's worth more. I agree, but at the same time, if you're a, if it would have happened to Iowa, would you have been a little bit up more upset? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, so we'll talk to. But jo- screwed. I mean, yeah, they got screwed. It's twenty twenty. You, you got upset. I'll say screwed. Um, <laughs> we'll split the difference. You're right. Um, where was it? John Bowen Campbell. Will, uh, John was in the well, not in the room. Nobody's in the room uh, on the Zoom yesterday, and we'll uh, we'll get the latest on Iowa. They say they're going bowling, which is great uh, because there'd been you know some speculation. Well, why don't they bring in a, a brand name like a Georgia this week? Mm-hmm. Call it good. You know, season's over. The kids go home for Christmas. Dot dot dot. There is a bowl game, and I'm glad for that. So that's the show here today. Um, we've at some point, I guess, we got to bring up. Trent, what might be the worst Iowa State basketball team I've ever seen. And that's not hyperbolic. I mean, I know it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hoiberg's first year. And what did they win? I think three or four games in the Big 12. Is that all it was? There wasn't many. Yeah. There wasn't many in 2011. But at least they had some guys on the roster. I don't know if there's any guys on this roster. I mean, Xavier Foster, by the way, did you see his uh, steal and length of the floor dunk? It doesn't take the dude a lot of strides right. once he gets going to go the length of the floor. But that might have been the highlight in the game, in a game that were very few highlights. And as we said yesterday, if they don't beat K-State, I mean, who are they going to beat? And K-State, Trent, they were, the last lead for, and maybe the only lead, it was like 14-13 clones. Mm-hmm. And then 15-14, and then soon it was double digits, and they were never able to come back. Um, it's going to be a long winter in Ames. Currently projected, this is from Ken Pomeroy, Iowa State will finish 4-14 and in the Big 12. Well, then, that would be on par with Hoiberg's first year. You know what? I'm going to look it up because it's either three or four. That seems high. You already lost to the worst team in the conference at home. You're right. I want to know who the four are against. So let's say they get K-State. Okay, then what? TCU. Well, watch them tonight. They're on tonight. This is a disappointing night of college basketball. Can you find yeah. one? TCU, Oklahoma State. I want to watch. I want to watch the Cowboys. I want to watch Cunningham. We were supposed to get you and I Wisconsin tonight. Yes, Wisconsin played last night against Loyola with you and I shutting things down mm-hmm. here until conference play begins. Yeah, you're right. The slate. It's not the shiniest. No, is not it? at all. And yeah, even oh, we get some Big Twelve. TCU. And I think it's early, too. Is it 6 o'clock? I think it is. Well, may, maybe maybe TCU's the team. Maybe they can win one there. Well, right. look, all right, so here's the uh, Iowa State Hoiberg's year. Was 2011 right his first year? 2000. 2011, I'm pretty sure, because 2010, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Um, um, what was their record? 3-13. 3-13 and 13. 13 okay. in conference. They beat Baylor early. Late they beat both Nebraska and Colorado in the third and second-to-last games of the regular season, and then lost to Colorado when it came to the conference tournament. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. It's December the 16th. We hope there's an improvement uh, in, in this basketball team. But what I saw last night, what everybody saw last night, mm-hmm. uh, before I'm, I'm assuming some people tuned away and started playing Chris Felica on the loop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> Did you watch the TV show last night? I didn't. No. It was terrific. Uh, it sounds awful. 
Yeah, I know it is. I thought you were going to watch. I thought I finally had you nah. convinced to watch. Eh. Iowa State dominated the show last night. I, they dominated the show. Now, was it the most positive of the conference? Who cares? Iowa State was the focal point of last night's show. Sure, Cincinnati got mentioned. Nobody's talking about Alabama last night. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about Clemson and Notre Dame last night. There was a brief. I mean, they, they, uh, Herb Street interviewed both of the quarterbacks. They're Ian Book and, and, and Lawrence. Um, Ohio State, there was a little bit of conversation. They weren't talking about number five, Texas A&M. Iowa State was the focus of last night's show as they moved up to number six. Uncharted territory. And Cyclone Nation was apoplectic. I heard everything. I'm writing a strongly worded letter to ESPN and to Reese Davis. Why? Because he has a difference of opinion that you have? Yes, Louisiana beat your school. But you know what? According to the playoff committee, your school is number six. Enjoy the moment. It may never happen again. When they release those six teams, who would have ever thought that one of those chicklets (laughs) was going to be removed and underneath the chicklet was the Iowa State logo? Enjoy it. But... That's part of fandom. That's part of when it happens to your but team. Why always find the negative when they had one of the most positive moments in their football program's history? I get it's a television program. But you know what now? You can shut up the detractors by going out and beating Oklahoma on Saturday and winning a trophy and then sit back and who knows what's going to happen. That's the way it goes, though, for fans. You are protecting your own and you're looking for those. Go back to 2015. For Iowa, it wasn't Kirk Herbstreet no, singing I, the praises. I remember it well, Trent. It was Colin Coward yep. and calling him the fake ID of college football, yep. and that dominated Twitter and Facebook and message boards. And my take in 2015 was the same as it is in 2020. Enjoy the moment. Your Winnipeg Jets are the worst-run organization. Yes, they are. Yada, yada, yada. Yep. And if you you finally have the Jets on the precipice, mm-hmm. they're... They look like they have everything there. Three years ago, they were in the Western Conference Final. And hockey people you respect, yeah, you love, you have watched these guys for a year, and they talk about, this team sucks. Well, this the city team does. I get, they don't no, kill no, no, the no, team. No, but that, I'm, I'm just playing this out okay. for you. And continually, you love your team. You believe your team is finally going to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And every national NHL writer says they suck. <laughs> How do you take that? I, fine, because I think I know better. If they're in, if they're in a spot to win it, they've obviously done something right. Look, they had, Louisiana beat them, and that's the argument. They, they don't bring up the Oklahoma State game. It's the Louisiana game mm-hmm. in week number one. It happened. But you know what? Louisiana is not going to play for a college football playoff. They're not. Um, since it, here's what we're finding out about this playoff thing. Group of five never they never have an opportunity. Don't. They will never have an opportunity to participate. The Sun Belt has a better argument than the Big Twelve this year. They do, but they're not going to get but in. But they're not going. To. They're not. They're they're not invited to this thing. Break away and do your own. I don't. I that makes more sense to me because they, look at committee after committee, regardless of the makeup of the committee, it's year after year after year. Whoever that team is from the group of five, that people that watch the sport think that this is the year that they deserve. If there's ever a year to do it, this is it. But as we've seen, Trent, it doesn't matter. They don't give a damn. It's power five 
it's a Power Five conference playoff. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. So just say that. Right, I agree. Come I out, agree. Yes. Say that before. Now you get into antitrust problems. You get into different issues when you go that route, and it becomes a bunch of legalese, and we have to bring in people smarter than us to figure that part of that it out. Shouldn't but, be too tough, <laughs> right? That is what happens if you go that route. Is there an appetite though for a group of five? For a group of five, what? There's an appetite. How big is it? Yeah. You're playing the game. Not on January 1st, there's no appetite. Right, right. All right, so you got the semifinals on January 8th, a Friday night, leading into So you want to go after as opposed to prior to. Or December 27th, whatever. But you you have it. What is that doing? You got got Buffalo against Coastal Carolina Mm -hmm. on a Friday night. Well, BYU Coastal Carolina was entertaining as hell. Uh, That's a good question. But it's a one share. Yeah, that's a good question, Trent. It's, it's the same, uh-huh. similar numbers you get for North Dakota mm-hmm. State, James Madison for a... For the Saturday game in Frisco. Yeah, uh-huh. 11 a.m. Uh-huh. Similar numbers. I, I don't think that you're going to double those numbers mm-hmm. that the semifinals and national championship get at the But FCS you could level. at least declare yourself, like Frost did a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, you could at least, there would be something to back that up. You know, you went through the playoff, you you won your, your semifinal, and you won the final, and you are the best team in the group of five. What does that mean? Mm. What means more? You go to Cincinnati and Utah before they joined the Pac-12. The year that, and they're really legit. And they beat Alabama. Uh-huh. Teams like that. Boise getting their opportunity mm-hmm. against Oklahoma and winning the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Or, okay, we beat Louisiana Lafayette for the third place trophy. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want to Look, call remember it. Remember when Hawaii, who, did Hawaii, who did Hawaii beat Georgia. the Sugar Bowl? Georgia. Well, they got clubbed by Georgia. They were undefeated. They went there and well, got. Well, who, who, what am I thinking? There was a. Maybe it's Boise State. It Oklahoma. was Boise, yeah. Um, and then the kid proposed to his yeah, cheerleader. Yeah, that was Boise. That was Boise, right? Yep. So, but the argument the next day, well, Oklahoma didn't want to be there. I don't, I don't want to yeah. Boise State. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. There's there's nothing to gain by beating Boise State. That's the argument that you're going to get. I I think that we've just we've come to realize that there's no there's never going to be a pathway for them. No. And the antitrust thing that's a fair, that's a that's a good point uh, that you made. You can't come right out and say right. You can't say the quiet part out loud. Right. right that you're not going to ever get in uh, because of that. But. Uh, we shall see. Um, I don't think there's any way in hell. Uh, Alabama, whatever happens, if they get beat by Florida, I don't think they will. They're going to stay in. I believe Clemson will beat Notre Dame. Both of those two schools are going to get in. Mm-hmm. I think the only team, and I don't believe for a second that Northwestern's going to beat Ohio State. Uh, I think we're set for the four-team playoff. I'm anxious to see. I think the story on Sunday is going to be, if indeed I'm correct in my assumption that that's how it plays out, what are they going to do? I would assume they would put Ohio State 3, uh, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, and move Notre Dame to 4, mm-hmm. because the last thing they wanted anybody wants is Clemson-Notre Dame for the third time. And back-to-back games. And back-to-back games, right. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. You have that. What happens? Notre Dame gets blitzed. Is it A&M then? No, I don't think so, because they, that would have been their first loss of the year. If they get blitzed, like 35 3. 35 3. 42 17. They're never in the game. Yeah. Texas AM with one loss to 
Yes, the best team. And if that scenario plays out, let's say Notre Dame is out. Mm-hmm. They get clubbed. Yep. Then you, you take a one-loss Texas A&M who didn't play for a conference champion. Well, Alabama's been in twice with those exact same circumstances. Yeah, but that's Alabama. Shouldn't be that way. I but agree. I agree. Um, you put them, though, as the number three seed because you don't want to rematch Alabama mm-hmm. A&M, do you? And an automatic team from the SEC to the championship is Ohio State then become the four seed, mm. A&M the three, Clemson the two. And inevitably, we're setting up Clemson, Alabama, as we seemingly are right. every year. But it's probably the route they're going to so, go So to. let's go crazy here. Um, uh-huh. what, what if Northwestern does beat Ohio State? Who, who gets the four? And A&M moves up. Do you think they do? I do you do, think yeah. it's as simple as that? I think so. They play Tennessee this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good Tennessee team, but goofy but at least things they're playing. Yes. At least they're playing, and goofy things happen. I mean, what was the year? UCLA looked like they were going to play for a national championship and got beat by a very young Miami team. Mm-hmm. Was that ninety nine, two thousand? Right yeah. in that range. Well, Oklahoma State was going to be in the BCS, and they came yep. in Friday night games, and boom, that didn't crazy work out things well. happen yeah. at the end of the season. Let's say both go down. Tennessee goes down, and. Ohio State goes down. Tennessee goes down or A&M goes oh, down? T- Tennessee beats A&M. Okay, so A&M is beat. So four and five are out. Then what? Then what? Well, who wins the Big 12? Iowa State. They, they're in. You think With so? two losses. I still don't think so. I, I know. I, I know you don't it's because there hasn't been a two-loss team. There but, hasn't. But if you're six and you win the Big 12, you're getting in. If, two, if, there's, if four and five are out, six moves up if they win. But that's not the way this seven will have lost. To do it. No, but seven will have lost, so they're out. Florida, Florida is seven right now. I think Florida is seven for one reason. If crazy they things the happen, if they pull the shocker, then they elevate. They leapfrog. Yep. So eight right now is Georgia. They like Georgia. They do. The committee likes Georgia. They played really well right. since. They finally got JT Daniels healthy. Uh-huh. You can say the same for Iowa State. They've played really well since the second half of the Baylor game. The biggest difference with Iowa State in the second half of the season is one person. It's the quarterback. It's Brock Purdy. I, we, we said repeatedly in the beginning of the year, this kid can't win a big game. You trust him to win a big game? Brock Purdy's not going to take this team anywhere. He can't win a big game. Then all of a sudden, Brock Purdy became one of the best quarterbacks statistically in college football the second half. So Georgia's got two losses. They're getting in over Iowa State? They didn't play for the conference championship. Iowa State didn't win. Iowa State's in. If if Texas A&M and Ohio State get beat and Iowa State wins, Iowa State's in. What does the Big 12 championship mean? Well, it means to the committee that they won their conference championship. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. And obviously it means more than a Sun Belt, Mm -hmm. though it shouldn't this year. No. Cincinnati's unbeaten. What are they going to do? See, I don't think there's a group of five pathway, period. I think that they would jump... USC, no shot. Too far back, Trent. They're 13. You can't jump from 13 to 4. But you're not supposed to be jumping. This is supposed to be a new set of rankings every right. single week. And the, and the number one criteria that they are tasked, who are the four best teams in college football? And then there's those little check boxes that they check mm-hmm. underneath it to, to formulate their opinion. I don't think USC can make it from... Uh, they would be 6-0, and assuming they beat Oregon. What's the point spread there? Is it tight? Yeah, just four and a half, I Is think. Is it? Yeah. Uh, too far back. Too far back. So you believe Coastal this Carol- whole scenario that Iowa State 
is one of the four best teams in the country. Well, there's analytics that say they are. Mm-hmm. Not my analytics. I'm not an analytical guy, but I've seen you know arguments put out there, analytical arguments, that Iowa State in the second half of the season has been. But it's not the second half. Of the I get season. it. They're because, but but right now they're they're number six, so they've got to number six regardless of the Louisiana and the Oklahoma State loss. If A and M and Ohio State goes down and Iowa State wins, you can't keep them out. You just can't. They're, they will be number four, and they'll play Alabama, and they'll be, I don't know, twenty four point dog. Yeah, probably. The, the Alabama somewhere around there, just like Michigan State when they beat Iowa in Indianapolis, they went they got boat raced. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were in the playoff. You think I'm crazy to think that that's the power? Who who would you put in? Who would I put in? Who, who would you put in? Ohio Coastal State? Carolina. But the, the group a group of five team. We, we both agree the group of five is out. I know that's who I would put in though, but because they've earned it. Okay, but no group of five team. Who would you put in? P5. Well, then it's Iowa State mm-hmm. in that scenario. But it shouldn't be that way. Well, I get it. And I kind of feel bad for Gary Barta. I never thought I would say this. <laughs> you know, because he's the one that's getting the arrow he shot is. at him. He's the spokesperson for the 13-member group. It's not necessarily, I mean, he's not the um, the sole judgment uh, of who should be in this playoff but boy, oh boy, he's taking some arrows. It happens to every one of those guys, It though. does. Once you get in that spot. Look, again, clone fans, I would rip up your strongly worded letter. Before it's you not going to do book. anything. It's right. <laughs> before you make your way out in the cold to the mailbox, to put it in the mailbox, by the time it gets to Bristol or wherever it's, <laughs> I suppose, wherever you're sending it, it'll be too late. Uh, anyways, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, joins the program next we will uh, talk to Bill Bender on college football. What does Bill think? I think Bill was one of the first that, um, and it wasn't a this year thing, that uh, suggested just break away, just do it, just do its own its own championship. Mm-hmm. Take the take the Cincinnati, take the Coastal Carolina, take the BYU, the Louisiana teams that are never going to have an opportunity to play for this thing, um, and, and put them together. You don't think people would watch? You can bet on those games, you know, Trent Condon. Oh, I know. I know. It's not going to break the bank. You're talking of dozens of dollars here. That they're going to be breaking in. Not millions. It'll be, it'll be on TV, but it it'll will. be on ESPNU. I mean, they're not going to bump a bowl game. They're not going to bump a conference, major conference basketball game. Probably not. Fair point. But over major conference basketball, they're, they're Big Ten's playing on Christmas Day, so yeah. that uh, goes out the window. Stephen M. Simple X next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO 107. He's the uh, Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, on the program. It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. 
All right, Stephen M. Simple, momentarily, during the holidays, hunger is especially isolating. If you are struggling to put food on the table, let Food Bank of Iowa help. Visit foodbankiowa.org to find a pantry near you. I know there's a food bank um, event down here tomorrow, 2141 Grand, between 3 and 5. Donate canned food to the Food Bank of Iowa. Uh, Heather Burnside will be participating in that, as well as the good folks at Golden Rule Plumbing and Heating. Stop by the studio at least outside tomorrow, and uh, drop off a canned good from 3 until 5 to help the Food Bank of Iowa. 2141 Grand is where we are located. Stephen M. Simple, he's in Lincoln now. He'll be headed to, I imagine, flying into Newark tomorrow uh, for Friday's game. It's a 6.30 affair. The game has moved back to 6.30 once uh, Indiana-Purdue was canceled. Sip, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Stephen M. How are you? Uh, I'd say pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Disappointed that Iowa won't get to have a game this weekend. Is Michigan still having COVID uh, issues? But uh, as Farron said yesterday, look at the positives. Uh, they were one of the few teams that made it through the schedule unscathed until this point. So looking at it from a positive perspective, but won't uh, perspective, but won't see the Hawks under the light uh, at Kinnick one more time. Uh, Sip, um, what's the buzz like for Nebraska one more time against a Rutgers team? I know that it's disappointing for some of the parents who wanted to go and watch their uh, son uh, play on Friday. Nebraska fans, they're not allowed, apparently, uh, in the stadium. But what's the, what's the feeling about this game coming up on Friday? <laughs> the buzz. Um, not a lot. Yeah, I there's figured. Not, there's, uh, I mean, I don't know, though. I mean, there's, there's always going to be a level of interest. It's sort of a halting interest because, you know, in this world, everybody, I mean, you're kind of driven by two things, survival and the avoidance of emotional pain. So a lot of people just, you know, they want to watch it, but there's a, some emotional pain attached to it. How much do you want to get into that? Um, it's, you know, it's a 50-50 game, I think. It's going to be close. And there's there's still a certain stigma of losing to Rutgers. So it's not like a pleasant conversation. On the other hand, though, the way I look at it, it's a conversation at least, and we're still talking about football. And I I always regard that as a positive. You and me both. <laughs> I think Trent's part of that. <laughs> no doubt about it. It's a good thing to have this part of the conversation at 2-5, and five, Rutgers, whatever happens one way or the other. This is not going to be considered a great season what happened last week? You know, right before the game, the reports of 30 to 35 Minnesota players unavailable mm-hmm. because of contract tracing and what they've dealt with COVID. And to get behind early, to get punched in the mouth and kind of go down with a whimper. It was just one of those games I really liked with Nebraska going into. I thought they were going to play well, and it wasn't even close. What was your takeaway just watching that thing unfold? Well, it was 24 to 17. It was close. And it was not good, though. I mean, the, the big takeaways here, I mean, there's a, there's a confounding part of the conversation, and that is, you know, Minnesota couldn't stop the run all year. Yeah, Nebraska right. threw a lot. And, and, you know, they only threw for 111 yards. Mm-hmm. Adrian attempted, I think it was 17 for 26, throwing, and, and they, threw 20, or they threw 30 times total, ran 36, I'm not sure why you'd want to throw it that much against Minnesota. They weren't efficient. 111 yards is all they got through the air. Uh, 
Minnesota's defense has been bad. I mean, I don't mind saying it's a terrible defense, even after a victory, because they, they're statistically easily the worst defense in the Big Ten. So that's, so it's, it's sort of highlighted or shined a light on Nebraska's problems offensively, which is, which has become the topic here. I mean, it, <laughs> think about it here. It's sort of bewildering. There's this coach that came in, Scott Frost, with this, you know, this fast paced offense. The yeah. program was going to be built around it. And in year three, the defense is ahead of the offense. So I don't, it's, it's really hard to figure. I thought he. Tr- I thought Frost out tried to outthink himself. Except uh, for that very reason, uh, I thought they would run, run, run because, as, as and you're 100 percent right, Minnesota is not good defensively, but particularly against the run. Adrian Martinez, his numbers were good against Iowa. They were good against Purdue statistically. Uh, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on some of those throws. Sip. I thought that maybe Frost outthought himself offensively. It's not a bad thought, and the other thing is they're not. It's not like Nebraska is, you know, they don't have a great offensive line. That's been a big disappointment, and I mean, I'm sort of countering myself right now. It's not, you know, Diedrich Mills is a good running back, but I think there's some still some injury issues with his his knee that he hurt originally against Penn State. I don't think he's a hundred percent, and then they don't have much behind him. They they, they use Wandale. I mean, Wandale mm-hmm. was effectively their backup running back. You don't want to overuse him. So you know how it is. You guys know. Um, you guys have been around it a long time. Sometimes there's elements of a like a a a uh, you know a play the, the way a coach is going to call plays is dictated by some things that we don't know about necessarily. You know, Mm -hmm. injuries, um, there might be some things that we just don't know. And and maybe maybe that's what that that was. Maybe they didn't have a lot of confidence in the backups. Maybe things weren't going well in practice in the run game. So I don't know. It's it's always hard to say. But the bottom line is it's really a tough loss. It wasn't, and, and again, it wasn't anything I would have expected. I thought maybe a close game. But I was sort of in the camp that thought Nebraska would win the game easily. I thought they were playing better. Yeah, you know, the Iowa loss with the Iowa game yeah, was close. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Purdue yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Trey. It was a step forward. Yes, a couple steps forward, uh-huh. and now felt like a couple of steps back. Yep. And we'll see what happens this week. Uh, Brendan Jameis off to the NFL. You have the other angle with Rutgers and Noah Vedral. Will he? Won't he oh, be able to play about him out there? And done a really nice job with Rutgers. It's just there's storylines that are plentiful here. Another one. What about a bowl game? And mm. you don't actually have to have a bowl game. The NCAA basically allowing teams just to come up with their own exhibition if they want. What are you hearing with Nebraska on that front, Sip? Oh, there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance that there could be one. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams in the Big Ten that won't want to play yeah. in a bowl. That will leave some bowls open. Now, my feeling is Nebraska will want to play. Mm-hmm. Some of it may be dictated by what happens. Friday night, but I don't know. I mean, I think the Nebraska would play. I think the key is, to, <laughs> and I got into this with my show co-host on early break on 93.7 FM this morning. He doesn't, you know, Jake Thornton is his name, and he's yep. a tree, and he's just, a, he's fabulous, but but he, he just had a hard time with the notion that Nebraska should be rewarded for anything. The key is not looking at it as a reward. It's just an add-on game. Mm-hmm. And if there's an add-on game, it's not a reward. It's just an add-on game. And if it's there, I think you play it. 
if the players want to, and maybe it become it comes down to a vote like they did at Boston College, and they didn't want to play. The guys at Boston College said, that's enough. We don't want to play anymore. And they whooped and hollered in the locker room. It's very odd to me, but I, it's been a long season for a lot of people, long year, and some people just want it over, my, me included. The joke, <laughs> I want them to keep I, I want it, I want them to keep playing. Uh, Sip, if, if there was an award for the best quarterback uh, in the Big Ten West, who would win it this year? Oh, don't do this. <laughs> uh, it's tough. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Well, I mean, it's really – I I would probably give it to the Northwestern quarterback. Okay. Peyton Ramsey? Right. Yeah, just yeah, because Peyton of the record? Ramsey, Indiana transfer. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to say in kind of younger, dumber days that you just judge a quarterback on win-loss record. I've since been – I've since been dressed down on that so many times that I've come around. It's not just that, but if you're just in this, in this, in the West, I think it would be him. Or don't you do? Do you give Tanner Morgan credit? He's had a disappointing year, though, and losing Bateman didn't help. And I thought that that would be, you know, if, if there was such a thing as a preseason, yeah. that he would have been the guy. I threw five touchdowns. That's all he threw. Four picks. Offensive line had trouble. I mean, if you could combine Plummer and O'Connell at Purdue, if they were one, maybe that was the answer. Um, Petrus is playing his best football at the end. Adrian can yeah, run the I mean, ball. Yeah. I like Petrus. I, you know what? I even if you guys, are, you guys will remember after they lost to Northwestern, there was still something I liked about it. I mean, he's. I really like his demeanor. I, I just think he's got a tremendous demeanor for that position. Upbeat, stays positive, throws a bad pass, just trots off, takes the takes the licking from his coaches and keeps coming. I I, I think um, there's a lot to be – I like that guy. And I tell you what, I really appreciate what Iowa did this year. I do. I It was a horrible offseason. It's a horrible pandemic. They they weathered that. They yep. got the they they got the six yep. wins, six wins, right? They're yep, six and two. Six and two yep. Um, After losing the first two, push, yeah, to push through all that, all I can do is tip my cap to that yep. program. I mean, I, I have I'm so full of admiration for people that can weather storms because that's what it's about, in my opinion. And and that and boy, did they weather them, and they came through it looking really good. And that's, man, that's, I'll tell you something, that's strong leadership. That's all that is. Yeah, very impressive, Sip, the way they finished, no doubt. Well, we'll know the Bulls next week. We will, uh, you know, we're going to impose on you one more time. We'll pick your brain on the Big Ten schools if Nebraska's not participating. I hope they are, selfishly. I hope Nebraska gets a bowl. I want to watch them one more time as we'll watch them on uh, Friday night taking on Rutgers, back and forth between that and the Pac-12 championship. Stephen M. Sip, are you flying into Newark, Sip? Yeah, we're flying into Newark tomorrow night late. I think our flight gets in at 11. Well, hopefully it's on time. <laughs> uh, in these, uh, yeah. When you get there and get out unscathed, then uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no imposition at all. Enjoy doing it. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you, pal. Thanks, we Sip. do this as well. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. Here's some frustration in Sip's voice. Yeah, I do too. Well, not f- um, for him. Yeah, it's just it's been a bad year. Over it has it's been an awful year. Year three is when uh-huh. those moments start to happen. What uh-huh. was the moment?
What was what? What you tell me? I mean, the end of the first half, beginning of the third quarter against Iowa. First quarter against Ohio State. Yeah. Um, We're talking about losses here. Yeah, I know. Wait, <laughs> they went down the field and at least had a chance to tie Northwestern. And when I brought up the Minnesota game, it Sip says, "Well, they only lost twenty four seventeen. This is Nebraska yeah. just getting beat by seven against a Minnesota team that was without thirty three mm-hmm. players, Trent, they, and they, we only got beat by seven. They wanted it more, Minnesota. Oh, Th- no, that no. was one of the big yeah. takeaways. And Adrian Martinez couldn't hit the bright side of the barn. I mean, who had been looking good, accurate." Throwing the football. Wasn't going down the field, but he was accurate in making the throws. Yes, in the previous two games. And all I and the game plan, throwing the football as much against Frost that Minnesota. thought himself. That that's that, that was my takeaway. Run the ball. You're three. Uh we will talk to Bill Bender, more college football conversation next. We'll get into the college football playoff rankings that were unveiled. The penultimate show last night. It matters on Sunday, and they'll do that at our, at eleven o'clock in the morning. We will see that. Uh but David Kaplan's here at eleven oh five. He's sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Miller and Condon are here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and Owen one oh. Here it's competition. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. David Kaplan. Uh, from Chicago coming up to lead off hour number two. As promised right now, Bill Bender from the Sporting News uh, covers college football, and he joins the program. Bill, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Bill Bender, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Just uh, like I said, Trent, emails flying, award list coming last yeah. weekend, signing day. It's all smushed together, but uh, we're just trying to keep our head water over here at uh, Got a little bit of snow on the ground here in Ohio. Don't know about you boys. Oh, yeah, we did. We got walloped this. Uh, when did we get it, Trent? Uh, a couple of weeks now? Has it been, Has it been that long? I don't know. It all runs it. together. It indeed does. Uh, Bill, uh, let's get uh, to the college football playoff. Isn't it becoming more and more apparent, and I know you've been on this train, you were last year, that at least to kick the tires for the group of five, it's apparent that there's never going to be a pathway for them to get in. This is a Power Five playoff. Um, Cincinnati's good. Coastal Carolina's good. Raging Cajuns are good. BYU, I know they're independent, but I'm not sure they would ever uh, get that uh, invite to be one of the four. Is, Is there any momentum towards this, Bill, because... Let's face it, the group of five is always going to be shut out of this, have their own kind of playoff and play for something at the end of the year. You know, it's it, I, I would. I mean, last night, I my assistant coach for our basketball team is a Cincinnati grad, and we left basketball practice, and he was furious that they dropped the nine because the message is getting from, okay, you're not getting in, to now you're really not getting in. If we're putting Georgia ahead of you, I think it's ridiculous what they're doing with Georgia and Florida. I don't know why they would do that to Cincinnati because I still honestly believe if Notre Dame beats Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama win, I think Cincinnati deserves to get in the playoff if they beat Tulsa. It's not going to happen. But to me, Texas A&M would be the least deserving college football playoff team of all time. Because they got boat raced by Alabama and didn't play for their conference championship. You can't tell me Cincinnati can't lose by 28 just as hard (laughs) 
as Texas A&M did, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I and I and I'm not trying to disrespect the Aggies. I'm just saying they they didn't do anything to deserve to make the playoff. It's a good football team. Jimbo's done a nice job there. Yeah. But um, Cincinnati is deserving. And you're telling – I tell you guys this all the time. DeCourcy and I were arguing about it this morning. Um, half of the field is given zero shot before the season started, and I'm not even talking about the half of the power five that really can't compete for it anyway. Mm-hmm. It shows you the the gap between everybody else. And, I mean, realistically, every year we come into the season, there's what, six or seven teams at most that can win a national championship? Because this next tier, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. If we're talking about Indiana in the exact same spot as Ohio State, they wouldn't be ranked where they are right now. The Pac-12, everybody didn't have a shot this year, as we're seeing, even with their biggest name brand, the USC, getting an opportunity. Realistically, college football, year after year, this playoff maybe is making this thing worse. We thought it was going to be better, but making it worse for the ultimate goal, crowning a champion, because that's all anybody wants to talk about anymore. Bill, is that fair? Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, you, you look at today, and I'm not a big recruit, Nick. There's so many people that you know, write about that yep. and do a fantastic job, right? Yep. Um, that I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I look today on 24-7's team rankings, and this stat really kind of strikes me as a, a state of affairs. That top five recruiting classes, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, Georgia, Bama, mm-hmm. they've combined for – 13 five-star guys so far, and there may have been one or two that have signed since this morning. Six through 25 combined for seven five-stars. So when you got a two-to-one ratio with those five programs, and it was pretty much the same last year with those five, and my buddies get irritated when I say, well, those are the five that can win it, and nobody else can. And LSU's even having a rough year, but they proved last week that they still got some talent coming up. Doretto's probably going to be okay. Yeah, Max Johnson was really good in that game. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. See, I think that they put Alabama, I mean Alabama, I think that they kept Florida at seven on the slim chance that Florida beats Alabama. Alabama's going to, they'll, they'll be number four, maybe. Um, but I, I just think that if they drop Florida down any further, that they would have a tough time. And they have a tough time leaving out the SEC champion. That's never happened. But that's maybe why they kept Florida at seven, just to make it appearance-wise that you know it's not that big a leap that we have to elevate them back up into the playoff. Yeah, I think so. And, and some of that's appearance-wise. Now, Florida. So, so what do we do? Like I kind of hinted at that scenario earlier. If uh, Notre Dame beats Clemson. Yep. Alabama beat or Florida beats Alabama. Alabama's probably still in. Yep. Notre Dame's in. Ohio State's not going to lose to Northwestern, so let's just pencil that in. Okay. What do we do? Do we give that fourth one to Florida? <sighs> do we give it to you know, who do we give it to? Now if Alabama beats Florida, who do we give it to? A two loss Clemson team? A one loss A and M? An undefeated Cincinnati team? What about USC? That is probably the scenario that the committee doesn't want to happen. Because a- they're gonna have to make a really Really tough choice. What, what about this one, Bill? Iowa State wins the Big 12 champion. I know they're two-loss team, but they're number six. As we, I know it's a, they, they throw that out allegedly each and every week, but what, what do they do with Iowa State? If Iowa State beats Oklahoma for the second time, where do they put them? I would put Iowa State in over A&M, but I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, and Iowa State, I, I I'm going to be honest, and I know what radio station I'm on right now. I'd, I'd put Cincinnati in over Iowa State. Yeah. 
Iowa State has two losses. Yeah. They lost to Louisiana. I know it was early in the season. Game one, get yeah. that. But if Iowa State and Cincinnati played, it'd probably be a pretty good football game. I think it would, too. <laughs> it would. Yeah. Cincinnati's got a really good defense. So mm-hmm. does Iowa State. Brock Purdy's playing the best football I've ever seen him play. That's been the difference in this Iowa State team in the second half of the season. And the story and of the I, first half of the year is he was bad. Right. Yeah, to be clear, I would probably pick the Cyclones to win that game. But I think that's part of the problem of this process. It's like I tweeted this out last night. Georgia and Florida probably beat Cincinnati head-to-head. That's fine. But they shouldn't be ranked ahead of them. That doesn't just because you, you're getting rewarded. You've got to be rewarded for winning games at some point. And we all know what happens in the New Year's Day 6 sometimes, right? Let's say Florida plays Cincinnati. Well, what are we going to do when Cincinnati wins? Right, Florida, Florida didn't, didn't, didn't want to be there. Right, exactly. And then Florida wins. Yep. What are we going to do? Well, I see. I told you yep. they're going to beat them by thirty because they didn't deserve to be there. So it's the never-ending fight for the group of five. Speaking of never-ending fights, I'm getting a kick out of uh, the SEC coaches whining and complaining about having to play all conference games. Hasn't been this the argument that the Big Twelve and the Big Ten has had, and the Pac-12 over the last five years? You guys only play eight. That's a lot easier than playing nine. It's simple math. Yes, weird things happen. And in conference games, weird things happen, including Florida losing to a pretty bad LSU team this year. That's what happens when you play extra games. I know the answer to this, Bill, but this isn't going to help these conferences get into an even playing field, is it? It isn't, and, and I think we're, we're looking at that right now. So uh, um, it, it is. There's a lot of hypocrisy in college football. Yeah. College football has got a lot of politics in it. I generally go to college football to stay away from real-life politics. but And I'm not talking about the social, the important things, like the, the social movement and the sport. That's a good thing. But I'm talking about the how we try to determine these playoff teams on the field. It is a nasty political business in some ways. And uh, it, it's only going to continue to be that way as long as we have four teams. What Power 5 conference championship will be the most entertaining? Closest game? Whew. Um. I think Oklahoma Iowa State will be fun. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be a lot like their first matchup, and you know, it, it'll probably be a one-score game either way. The last couple Big Twelve championship games have been very entertaining. Um, I, you know, I got to go Notre Dame Clemson though. You know, how does Notre Dame respond? Yeah. What do we do if during that game Clemson just pours it on mm-hmm. and wins by like thirty? What do we do then? I mean, I think that's the one to me. And then, of course, the SEC championship game, and the Heisman Trophy is probably going to be won that night by somebody. Interesting, yeah, probably so. You, uh, We were talking Ohio State a little earlier. You're very dismissive of Northwestern. Wildcats hung <laughs> around two years ago in the championship game, at least for, what, two and a half quarters or so before Ohio State pulled away and won it by 14. What would it take, short of injuries, Justin Fields going out, something like that, what would it take for this thing to be close come the fourth quarter in your mind? Uh, turnovers for starters. Northwestern would have to limit Ohio State's running game. A gap between the Buckeyes rush for 250 a game and hold teams to 90. That would have to be evened out. Um, and I think Northwestern has to be aggressive with Peyton Ramsey in the passing game, much like Indiana was. Mm-hmm. You know, attack Ohio State's secondary and have some success doing it. I'm not saying it's impossible, because, but I would say that if the Wildcats win – it would be the single most shocking thing that happens on conference championship weekend. I'm just yeah. saying that knowing that the last eight meetings have been decided by 31 points per game. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
Uh, you guys know. You've seen this movie. I mean, I, Iowa-Ohio State would have probably been a better game. I agree. Weekend. And it would have taken place. Well, so will Northwestern, but Ohio State, but disappointing. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Appreciate you coming on. Sporting News is where you can read Bill Bender, Vinny Iyer, the whole crew, DeCourcy as well, of SportingNews.com. Bill, thank you. I'm going to talk to you. Bill Bender uh, joining us as we talk a little college football. Well, ready to go to Chicago. David Kaplan joins us next. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Miller and Condon till noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.